This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success. Hi, I'm Dave Meltzer, speaker, author, entrepreneur on a mission to empower over a billion people to be happy, to make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. And it's great to be here. Dave, thank you so much. We've connected before, and it's really great to connect with you again. It's an honor for me to get this time face-to-face, so to speak, with you this morning or this afternoon. I'll just read a little bit about Dave and then get right into it. In his early 20s, David Meltzer quickly rose to the top of his game in the business world, becoming a millionaire. David lectured around the globe and saw rapid success in every business project he touched. But something was missing, and in his 30s, As a multimillionaire, he went on a rapid downward spiral that ended in bankruptcy. It was only then that David realized in order to revive and thrive, I love those two words, and I'd like to go there in a minute if we could, he needed to codify what had made him successful in the first place. He has since emerged to realize even more rewarding heights of success in business and in life. David created a platform that uses four overarching principles, and we'll get into these today as well. And these are some of my favorites. And the first one is one I talk about all the time, and that is gratitude. The second is empathy. The third is accountability. And the fourth, and these are in no particular order, by the way, effective communication. These principles have allowed him to communicate and mentor everyone from college students, which he's done for me in the past with some of my former students, to C-suite executives, to others that I know that are in that as well. These four principles in everyday practice allow David to live by his mission, as he just stated, to make a lot of money, to help a lot of people, and to have a lot of fun. So, Dave, thanks for your time today. I really appreciate it. You mentioned in your bio about spiraling downward and and basically what I term hitting rock bottom and filing bankruptcy. Can you talk a little bit about what your mental state was then? What What was a day in the life of your thought process? And really, what were some of the first sparks that got you out of that? Yeah, it's really interesting because my rock bottom actually happened two years before I went bankrupt. I lost over $100 million, had to tell my mom I was bankrupt, but worse, had to tell her I had lost her house because I forgot to take my name off of the title. And the only reason I wanted to be rich was to buy a house. (laughs) I still get choked up thinking about it. Uh, But two years before, my wife... uh, had abruptly told me that she was leaving me. It was 5.30 in the morning after she caught me lying to her. I went to a Grammy Award party with Little John the Rapper, and it had been a variety of things that I did. And at that time, uh, my mindset was, are you kidding me? Look around you. Who do you think made all this happen? Hmm. And I went to bed that night, quite clear that I was okay with, her leaving me with my three kids and I was going to punish her by taking all her money and all the things that were wrong in my, my life and my perspective at the time. And when I woke up in the morning, I was even more full of anger uh, two years before I lost everything. And I thought to myself, Hmm, everybody loves me except for four people, my mom, my dad, my best friend and my wife. Wow. Only the things that mattered the most. Right. Yeah. And here I was. I hate them all. Wow. And I looked over in the closet, and I believe in coincidences as uh, coinciding of what I pay attention and what I give my intention to 
a culmination of what I think, say, do believe and feel. And I looked over in the closet and I saw a jacket that my father had given to me six years previous for my 30th birthday. And the jacket had no pockets. And I remember being mad at my dad. Like, you always have to make a point. He said I was just like him. And he was giving me the jacket to remind me I couldn't take anything with me when I was gone. He wanted me buried in the jacket someday to remind me that money doesn't buy love or happiness. And I told him at the time at 30, when every I was married to my dream girl, I was a multi, multi-millionaire, everything going my way. I told him I hated him. Later told my mom when she was worried about me, I hated her. My best friend didn't want to hang out with me because he said that I was surrounding myself with the wrong people doing the wrong things. I told him, hey, I'm not doing what they're doing. And then finally my wife was leaving me and I looked at the jacket. I still get choked up because I distinctly remember I don't hate any of them. I don't hate them. I hate myself. I was the liar, the cheater, the manipulator, the overseller. And I sat crying on my bed and those four values that you listed off, I said to my, oh, my wife told me two things when that night when I came home or early mornings. He said, one, you better take stock in who you were and who you want to become or you're going to end up dead. And two, I want you to think about if your mom knew what you were doing, what she would think. Wow. And I took stock in who I was. Those four values are what made me a millionaire nine months out of law school. Those four values is what created the extraordinary wealth. And the lack of those values is what created the spiral. And so two years after that, as I was already practicing those values every day, it did change me overnight. And it took a lot of patience and forgiveness with my wife on several occasions to trust that I was progressing not perfecting those values that two years later, when I was at rock bottom, laying in my bed, thinking to myself, what am I going to do now? I was full of promotion and protection. You see, I had been able to shift my paradigm from I'm going to get more. I'm being punished. All of the things that I thought of instead, I realized I am, I am happy. I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am worthy. I just got to figure out what I was doing to interfere with it. And when I shifted that paradigm and really doubled down on my values, realizing that I am protected and promoted by this bankruptcy, I am not punished, that this is an indicator that I have a better place to be. I have better people to be with. And I, every day, lived every morning in gratitude and every night when I went to bed saying, thank you. Thank you for everything I have. And thank you for the awareness of what I was doing to interfere with my potential. And I've lived now for 15 years in that journey where I do. I've made more money than I ever dreamed of. I help more people for sure than yeah. I've ever imagined. Yeah. And I am happy. I am enjoying my life and empowering others to do the same. I appreciate you sharing that. Let me go back to something you shared. And there was a, a point in that story that I think about you're on that bed, you're looking, you see that Jackie, the no pockets, the emotion comes up, you're in, in tears. What's the first thing you did when your feet hit the floor in that moment? 
<laughs> it took me a second, but I actually dropped to my knees and I prayed. I just sat, sat there looking for that faith of source of faith that I had. And I realized at that time, it's a really simple thing. I call it a best option faith because there's so many people that have wonderful religions. They have wonderful philosophies. They have wonderful spiritualities. They have wonderful theories. And they're all based off of my best option, which is I sat there and said, the best option in faith for me is to believe that there's something that's omniscient and all powerful, all knowing it's loves me more than my mom. And it's part of an infinite system, abundant. And so I am going to live my life protected and promoted. Therefore, I am going to be grateful for not only the things that I wasn't grateful for in the past, but I'm going to be grateful for a future that isn't certain. I'm going to have faith, a gratitude of the future by giving meaning, light, love, and lessons to the past, setbacks, failures, mistakes, all the different historical relevances that were standing in my way. You know, I knew, I've been told that you'll never overachieve your own self-image. And no longer was I going to put any interference between me and my potential. I didn't care anymore what other people think, what they wanted for me, or what I didn't have, or what was missing, or what I was afraid of. I was going to live my life with the best option faith that there's something bigger than me that loves me more than my mom. And when pain, setbacks, failures, and mistakes occurred, which they would, I would realize that this is an indicator I'm being protected and promoted. So if I didn't get the deal, if my wife was mad at me, if my car didn't work, I wasn't being punished. I was being protected and promoted. And I was now going to live with that faith. And it's helped me and other people so much in understanding the protection and promotion of a best option of living my life. Yeah, it really comes down to looking at every situation and what's the good news? What are we to learn? I write in this, I'm holding it up for those watching this five-minute gratitude journal that I uh, learned from a friend of mine, Charles Antis, who you may know, um, who, you know, for years now I've been writing in this gratitude journal. It starts with every morning, what are the three things I'm grateful for? And then next after that, what would make today great? And there's more to it than that. But yeah, that gratitude. So if it's okay with you, I'd love to just touch on each of those for the gratitude, empathy, accountability, and effective communication. Let's start on the end there, the effective communication. Tell me why that's one of those four empowering principles in your life, effective communication and, and the power behind that. So originally it was just clearing the interference between me and others, uh, that it wasn't what I said. It was what they heard and what I did. And we all know having students uh, as well as children, that it's not what we say, it's what they hear and what they see, right? And what they see of us. And so originally it was just working on my ability to communicate effectively with other people, to be in spirit, to inspire others, to empower others with the dummy tax that I had paid, <laughs> uh, with the lessons that I had learned, the light that I knew I had, the love that I wanted to share. And then the other side of it came about, which was this effectively communicating with my new source of faith, this inspiration that could not happen to me as a victim, not even happening for me, but happening through me for others. And it's a step beyond. And so effective communication represented inspiration. How often could I live in spirit? You see, I know I'm going to get kicked in the face 
on average, eight times a day, Hmm. every single day on average. Some days it's three, some days it's 12, but whatever it is, my philosophy was now that I was going to live in spirit and I would look and use time as a dependent variable so that no longer would I spend days, weeks, months, and years accelerating in the wrong direction, trying to resist something. Instead, I was just going to spend minutes and moments so I could figure out how I could get back on track into a trajectory of where I wanted to be or better. So effective communication was staying in spirit. I love that. I I wrote, I, I love words. and I love how you broke down the word inspiration to in spirit. I just love that. I, 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 my mom was an English major. She used to grade my paper, my letters that I wrote home from college. And I was like, well, that's one way to make sure I don't write home is grade my letters. But then after a while, right. like, she's trying to teach me the power of the English language and trying to teach me the power of grammar. And since then, I've just been a, a nutcase for it. Um, you wouldn't yeah. notice it by some of the things I write. I can catch other people's mistakes. I just don't always catch well, my That's why they've been in the computer, right? right? Yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> Spellcheck is my best friend. Talk about accountability. One of my favorites, because it also has evolved for me. Originally, accountability was, what did I do to be responsible for this? And what am I supposed to learn from it? Take responsibility. Don't live in blame, shame, and justification, no no matter who did what or what had happened. You know, and so for me, it was this idea of responsibility, but then it evolved to attraction. I started asking not only what did I do to be responsible, but what did I do to attract this to myself? And what am I supposed to learn from it? Once again, always trying to find light, love, and lessons in everything whether it's good or bad, according to other people's perception or judgment. And then recently, not too long ago, I came up with even a third evolution of accountability. What am I doing to participate in this perception? And what am I supposed to learn from it? Mm -hmm. I gave it a humble perspective of, I don't know what I don't know. I give meaning to everything I see. Therefore, accountability through responsibility, attraction, and perception, I have complete control of everything. It's counterintuitive to think by taking responsibility for everything around you that you will be in control of everything around you. But that's exactly how we do control the uncertainty by taking accountability of it and learning from it. Absolutely. I'm a huge believer that if you don't like your circumstances, change your decisions. Because we really are a product of the decisions that we make because the decisions drive what we do. So I, I'm 100% with you on that one. Two of my favorite words are the your first two, but I'm making them third and fourth. So let's go empathy, feeling what other people feel, but take me through your definition of it and why it's so important to you. You know, for me, it represents ease. You see, the construct of my life went from I am at ease. What am I doing to be at dis-ease? Hmm. Whether it's what nutrition, drinks, exercise, mindset, heart set, whatever it would be. And so true empathy puts us at ease because it allows us to identify the disease in our life. The disease that we identify then can be cured with an inherent uh, component of empathy, which is forgiveness. Hmm. See, forgiveness, as we forgive ourselves, allow us to be and feel at ease. It allows us to identify the disease and forgive it and forgive ourselves for having it. 
to realize I am at ease? What am I doing to put myself at dis-ease? Am I moving wrong? Am I eating wrong? Am I thinking the wrong thoughts? Am I feeling the wrong feelings? What am I doing? And so for me, forgiveness heals all the disease. And when we see how much wasted time, emotion, value, and energy that we have in disease, we realize how powerful forgiveness and empathy are to cure that disease. How did empathy come into play with, let's just, um, you talked about best friend, dad, mom, and wife. Let's start with your wife. How did empathy start to repair that relationship? Because I know it did. Yeah. So I had to forgive myself. Yeah. You know, and I can't give what I don't have. And so I had made a tremendous amount of mistakes. A lot of them, not only looking for what I didn't want in life, but what I didn't want in the most important people that surrounded you see even from the early stage of our english language called sanskrit uh there's these 12 rules of being human and one of the 12 rules of being human from thousands of years ago hmm. others are mirrors of ourselves and so empathy that which i hate in you is obvious to me now yeah and so as i looked within to heal and forgive myself it was so easy to see how blessed I was with this unbelievable person. And I've been married 26 years now, and it is the most important relationship, my wife. And I am so blessed to have found someone that is so beautiful and wonderful. And is she perfect? Not a chance. But guess what? But she's everything. She's <laughs> perfect for me. Yep. And she saved my life and continues to save my life so many different times in so many different ways. And I look for what I want in my wife. I used to come home from a 22 day trip and all I thought about on my trip was how much I missed my wife and kids and how lucky I was to have such extraordinary family. Yeah. And then the first thing when I got home is I'd see my wife's shoes on the staircase and I'd look for what I didn't want and I'd get more of what I didn't want. And it wasn't exactly what I was feeling. And so I forgave myself mm -hmm. so many different times now. And there's very few moments or minutes that I have interference between the inspiration of the relationship, the relativity of my wife and I. Yeah, my wife and I just hit 30 years and we have four adult kids and now nine grandsons, all grandkids, all boys, nice. nine. I got three nine early adult kids, kids and one 13 year old. So no um, grandkids yet, but we're, yep. we're well, pacing. That's the thing. It's like still when, when she walks in the door, I, I feel that nervousness and that excitement that, hey, she's coming through the door. This person who's my favorite person that we've been friends for 40 and married for 30. It, it's pretty awesome. And yeah, that's certainly that looking within. I mean, how can I really, that's all we can do is, you know, we, we always talk about how we need to clean up our own backyard before we can you know, worry about our neighbor's backyards. And if I can look at the, the misgivings of another person, first of all, look in the mirror, okay, what am I doing to create that? What am I doing? Why am I reacting this way instead of responding to it or being a better man? So I appreciate that. I feel like you and I have a lot of similarities when it comes to just a lot of these things we're talking about. My favorite word, uh, you know, maybe it's the, the spirituality in me. Maybe it's the way I was raised. Maybe it's a combination of a lot of things. Uh, I love the phrase gratitude is the key to abundance. That before we can get anything more, we need to be grateful for what we have. Talk about why you let off with gratitude. And then I got just a couple last questions out of respect for your time. I'll tell you this, the easiest and fastest way to change your life is to be grateful. Yeah. Simply to say thank you. Before you go to bed, when you wake up, to have a journal 
And the reason is gratitude gives you perspective. It allows you to find the light, the love, and the lessons. It allows you to give meaning to your past, the line with the trajectory of where you think you want to be in the future, or even better, gratitude is the secret sauce. If you look at every world thought leader in history, every world thought leader in every industry, career, and vertical, they all are cornered in foundational principle of gratitude. Every single one today. And yep. here's the interesting thing about gratitude. It's free. Yeah. It takes 0.1 seconds. It It is so simple. And here's the sad thing. What I've learned from the simplicity of gratitude is the, even a bigger lesson to institute gratitude, which is the simple things to do are unfortunately simple not to do. So I encourage people to elevate their awareness to the simple things because yeah. the simple things to do, and if you're going to elevate your awareness to any of the simple things, do the one that impacts people the most, which is gratitude. Find light, love, and lessons in everything. Have a gracious perspective, and you will enjoy the consistent every day, persistent without quit, pursuit of your potential. It will bring you abundance. It will bring you more money, more happiness, and more help to others. It will allow you to live in an infinite, unified, abundant system of thought and have a beautiful journey full of lessons. Yeah. I always like to say it's important to say thank you. It's even more important to show thank you. And it's up exactly. to you to show, you know, there's so many ways we can, you can just say thank you. And sometimes people don't even hear it, but if we can show it, that's the power of it right there. A couple of last things for you. Is there a leader out there that you admire that you look to as sort of that, I wouldn't say guru for me, it's Ken Blanchard. I've known Ken for many years and I love you, I've, I've read a lot of your books and I follow what you do. I've been on some of your webinars and podcasts, um, listen to a lot of what you've done. Certainly someone that I admire greatly. Is there someone that you look to that if they come out with something, you're always going to read it or watch it or someone, you know, that you admire that, that inspires you. Yeah. Uh, my latest is Dr. Joe Dispenza. Uh, and so uh, just very interested in how our mindset uh, can heal and the frequency that we create. Uh, another guy, Sadhguru, uh, both are mentors of mine and friends of mine, uh, but Sadhguru has more of a Gandhi uh, type yeah. of perspective, a Lao Tzu, a Tao Te Ching, uh, lessons of the Tao. And uh, both of those people many i i'm a bit i study every day i research yeah. which is ironic because i never i went to law school and hated to study i yeah. you know played couldn't wait to not college, study right yeah. we couldn't wait to not study now it's like i'm looking forward to my flight on wednesday because i have five hours to do research yeah. with nobody interrupting me so uh you know to be more interested than to in, interesting is a big transition mm -hmm. in my life yeah, I love. I hear you say that all the time. I love that. Be more interested than interesting. I, I be more. Yeah, I, I love that. That's powerful. What's the best client for you? As we reach out to our audience here on the From the Heart podcast and those that watch and listen, what are you still seeking? What would make? Uh, what would? What would? What would make your time today on this podcast worthwhile? Well, I'll tell you what. I do most of what I do for free. So, I, as you know, I have free Friday trainings for over yeah. almost twenty-four years in October. I do group uh, help as well, VIP dinners and Monday office hours. I answer questions. I haven't asked me anything. And then I do have one-on-one -on -one help that I have a wait list for. So my biggest request is email me. Let me send you my book for free for your whole audience. I'll sign it. 
I'll send it. I'll pay for shipping and the book. So if anyone in this community could email me at david at dmeltzer.com, I'd love to start by sending you a book. And if it resonates with you, then come to you know a group or a free Friday training or a speech or a meetup or anything that I do. And let's build a community of people that want to help each other and no poop people that can help each other. Awesome. And I've done that too. And I'll encourage our audience and I'll put that link in the show notes as well. I was going to ask the best way to reach you, but you just gave it David at dmeltzer.com. I'm assuming uh, website. Um, yeah, dmeltzer.com. Great. Or my name, will, you Google me or go on any yeah. of the socials. I don't know how I became so popular in social media, well, but I have millions of people, which is funny. <laughs> I do know how you became popular. And that's because you have that giving spirit. My my dad taught me many lessons and the last couple of things I'll share. And then my last question I'll ask you in a moment here is give value first. Everything you do, just offer value. And that was how he approached his life. He worked 39 years for the same company, married to my wife, for, or my, my wife, <laughs> how you doing? Married to my yeah. mom for 70 years. And, um, you know, his his philosophy and her philosophy, too, is just give value. You know, everywhere you go, thank, give thanks, show thanks, give value. So, um, well, we're at our time limit. So I just want to finish with the last question that I ask all of my guests. And it's kind of a redundant question because you've just done this for 20 minutes. But if I were to just pose the question, David Meltzer, what's in your heart? Kindness. That's it. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you very much. Can't express my gratitude to you enough. I'm going to take you up on uh, reaching back out. I have done some of your Friday, um, your your free Fridays, and I've done a few. I've read a lot of what you've written. I follow you on social media, but uh, I look forward to hopefully a sit down cup of coffee one of these days to, you know, figure out how we can, you know, help a lot of people and have more fun together. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Remember, everyone, be kind to your future self. Do good deeds. Uh, I'll be back. Thanks so much. Thank you, David. And thank you to your team for helping us put this together.